Welcome to Now Hear This Entertainment, a podcast for fans of the guests who appear on this show, as well as fans of music in general, and a podcast for musicians, singers, songwriters, artists, entertainers who want to learn more to help them grow in what they're doing. I'm your host, Bruce Wozniak from Now Hear This. Check out www.nowhearthis.biz. Be sure to sign up for the email newsletter there, which is quick and easy. All that's required is an email address. We are coming to you from Crystal Blue Sound Studios near Tampa, Florida. Check them out on the web at www.cbpro, as in Crystal Blue Productions, cbpro.net. Be sure you are subscribing to this podcast and telling your friends to do so as well. We are thrilled to now be on both iTunes and Stitcher Radio. Lots of great guests on Now Hear This Entertainment, or as I've come to call it, NHTE. Joining me today on the Now Hear This Entertainment guest line from Texas, my guest has been nominated over the past 20 years for countless awards, and the Blues Hall of Fame inducted him as Blues Ambassador to Ontario, Canada, although he has put out releases in the gospel category as well. His song, You'll Find a Way, was featured in an episode of The Fosters on ABC Family. He has gotten airplay on Sirius XM Bluesville. All three CDs of his Soulsville trilogy have hit number one on B.B. King's Bluesville. It's approximately approximately mid-June, and he's already got dates booked as far out as November, taking him from Texas to Louisiana, up into Ontario, Canada, down to Alabama, and then back in Texas. He's got a very inspirational story. You've been hearing one of his songs, Jubilee. Please welcome Danny Brooks. Good to be here today, Bruce. Danny, thank you very much. Uh, We've got a lot of ground to cover, too, because there's even more going on that I didn't mention in that intro. But first, just set the scene for our listeners, though, because those that don't know Danny Brooks are going to wonder how a guy in Texas is not only playing shows up in Ontario, Canada, but getting that Blues Ambassador honor that I mentioned in the intro. I I guess I was nominated to the uh, Blues Award folks in Clarksdale, Mississippi, and I do perform there, and um, I guess they looked into my past and the music, and uh, I, I got the award. As to getting down here to Texas, I, um, through the advent of the Internet, uh, God bless the Internet, I get a call one day from a songwriter from Austin who used to write songs for Willie Nelson and Jeff... Um, oh, I can't think of the guy's name right now. It'll come to me. Uh, um Oh, man. Anyway, he was doing a new record at Antone's, and he wanted me to open up for him. Jerry Jeff Walker was the name I was groping for. So I opened up for him at Antone's, and he showed me around uh, Austin, and I just got a feeling that, hey, we got to move down here. There's a vibe and something I'm sensing unlike any other place. So I ended up getting a gig at the... um, ACL, the Austin City Limits Festival in 2009, and the rest is history. We moved down here. Yeah, and you're in Lano, Texas, which uh, is approximately an hour plus from Austin? Yes. Uh, I also alluded to two different genres during the intro. You're referred to as a Texasippi soul man, but not only did I mention that you have done gospel CDs, but you even have a ministry which has taken you to some non-traditional places to perform, including prisons and rehab facilities. 
Well, I am an ordained minister, although I don't go around talking about that. And if people met me, they probably, that would be the last thing they would ever think <laughs> on their mind. I've got really long hair. I look the same way when I was a hippie freak back in the 60s. <laughs> but, uh, you know, through rehab and, um, uh, I, you know, you're supposed to remain in the same calling you're called. And I like to write music. It's a funny thing because when I got out of rehab, I said to my um, girlfriend then, who's now my wife today, after reading a lot of self-help books, I said, you know, I'd like to write songs that can impact people wow. the way a lot of these books that I've been reading. Wow. And so my songs, some of them are flat-out gospel, but every song I write, there's a moral or something to think about in it. And uh, But I happen to be a man of faith, so every now and again it's nice to do a, a down-home uh, foot-stomping gospel song in the vein of, you know, the Blind Boys or, you know, Mighty Clouds. Uh, but, you know, I, I, I love the R&B of uh, Solomon Burke, Joe Tex. I, li I like to write a lot of um, mountain music, too, like Ralph Stanley and um, the likes like that. Uh, Jimmy Skinner, so it's a, a wide variety of roots music I like to encompass. Yeah, I know you even uh, made a reference to Americana in uh, some of the yes. emails that and we that, traded. Yeah, and that's kind of an amalgam of the roots music uh, I find uh, Americana. So, Danny, um, you know, music obviously has such a healing quality to it. Certainly, the Lord has brought you to where you are from where you had fallen to, but talk about how music helped in your journey, too. Uh, and, and, you know, you may need to kind of fill in some of the gaps here um, as to what I'm referring to in terms of the past. I mean, you only just now very briefly alluded to it, but I want the listeners to understand, uh, you know, where you came from, um, you know, and, and, and why... Uh, I referred to you in the intro as having an inspirational story. Yeah. Well, in 1987, uh, April 8th, I went into the Donwood Clinic. I tried various ones prior to that, but that one I was successful at getting into and staying into. And uh, prior to that, uh, from the 60s uh, on up, um, you know, I was a hippie and I got involved in drugs and uh, the speed became my drug of choice and I would mainline speed and uh, junk and, you know, whatever I could mix with it and uh, have a short prison time and I think God used that to take the needle out of my arms. But uh, when I got out of uh, jail, um, I, I drank before but it didn't mean anything to me, but this time when I started drinking, I really started drinking, and then uh, I would, uh, in later years, start snorting cocaine mm. and taking Valium to sleep. So in 1987, um, I, I was a wreck and a mess, and uh, uh, Debbie uh, got me into rehab, and then when I got out of rehab, uh, not long after that, I start, after reading a succession of uh, self-help books, I, one book called Power for Living by Jamie Buckingham uh, led me to start opening up the Bible, and that's where the buck stopped there. 
And I've read a lot of books on Taoism and Zen Buddhism, and while they were nice to read and had nice flowery statements, intellectually I was going in circles. But when I started reading the Bible, as I said, the buck stopped there. When you've led a, a real a checkered lifestyle and you read something that says, he who sows to the wind reaps the whirlwind, well, that made sense. That jarred me, and I thought, well, this book can say something so uh, definitive about where I was and what happened to me because of that. There's got to be other good stuff. So I started reading more and more, and then I started realizing this is a book of truth. And um, it wasn't long after that, in August of 87, I found my faith in a very, very real uh, way. And many years later, I guess it was 2010, I became an ordained minister. And um, in that uh, time span, I've done one uh, thing with my ordination. I, I married uh, a couple, a couple of years oh, ago. Oh, how about that? How about that? But um, I, it's... Uh, to me, it's just another part of the journey. Well, and I, you know, for the listeners that that are regular listeners, I should say first of all, thank you. But for the listeners that are regular listeners to the Now Hear This Entertainment podcast, I realize that you know we're into some material here that's that's uh, uncharted territory for this show, and and uh, ask you to to. Hang in there with us and, and listen to Danny's amazing story because as you're as you're only now starting to realize he was obviously you know at the absolute depths and, and is starting to indicate where that took him to with his faith but more so we've got a, a whole bunch of great accolades uh, tremendous musical accomplishments of his that we're going to talk about during this podcast so Danny uh, just to just to finish up there then uh, I know that as I said in the intro that you've been receiving nominations for your music for 20 years, but when you mentioned before that while you were in prison, you were reading books that were speaking to you, and they inspired you to want to come out and write some music, were you already a musician? Were you already a songwriter before you went in, or was that the beginning oh, oh, of... No, I, no, I was a singer-songwriter. I was always a, an entertainer, okay. and I thought okay. I had a license to be stoned all the time, ah. because... You face it, you're in a nightclub, you're getting paid to rally the uh, troops, if you will, in the club to keep drinking and keep partying, and hey, I'm getting paid to do this, and uh, it doesn't take long for to get caught up in that uh, uh, merry-go-round. Um, so no, I was a musician uh, prior to that, and uh, I was down in Los Angeles in 69 chasing after a record deal. And I might say this too right now, all of this is chronicled in a book I had written called Miracles for Breakfast that was published by John Wiley and Sons. And since then, the book title has been purchased by HarperCollins. And I don't think HarperCollins, they changed the book cover, but as it stands right now, it's uh, in Kindle form, but people can go to my website and um, see about purchasing the Kindle. And also, if you went online, all the major book retailers like Amazon and Barnes and Noble, you can get the old uh, John Wiley uh, book cover too, and you can buy the book used or, or new, still of the, of the old um, format. 
And Danny, uh, I, I mentioned only briefly uh, during the um, during the short time that we've been doing this. Uh, I, I, I I'm about to read something and refer to you as a guitar player, but in fact, um, you and your wife perform as a duo when you're out on the road, and, and it's a whole array of, of instruments. It's not just a, a traditional electric guitar that that people you know that images that are probably being conjured up. Just talk a little bit about everything that you play. Well, we, we're, we're a very self-contained unit, and um, for two people, we make quite a racket because starting, <laughs> my wife sits on a cajon drum, and she whacks the heck out of that, and she's got an assortment of other percussive instruments and sings with me. I have a homemade stomp board that's about two inches off the ground, and it's hollow in the middle, and it's got a mic that plugs into the PA, and that gives me a bass thump. So I'm hitting that, and um, believe you me, hitting that bass thing with your foot, you, 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 you tap your foot your whole life, but it's not mic. When you start miking it, it took me about four months to get used to my mm. foot. And wow. My foot reminded me of some drummers I'd like to fire. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, but I, I, tr- I plugged on and I finally got so used to it now I don't know how I ever lived without it. <laughs> I play assorted guitars from acoustics to resonators to electrics, uh, cigar box, and I'm working on a banjo right now. And I have a harmonica rack, so I'm always playing the harp rack. So we 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 make quite a racket, and there's a hill country vibe when you approach it that way. And I know a lot of young. We play this club called the Wild Wing Cafe, and it's a lot of young people. I wasn't sure how we'd go over, but. Uh, to my surprise, and, and 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 it was kind of thrilling to hear these young people say, "Hey, have you ever heard of the White Stripes or Black Keys? You kind of got that kind of a vibe." Wow. And while I still like to have a lot of melodic songwriter type songs, like the R and B ballads, um, that hill country vibe, like R. L. Burnside or Junior Kimbrough, that the Black Keys successfully. Um, copied and made commercial we do have that uh side to us as well but there's definitely um a a lot of ballads and and bluegrass and some gospel like i'll still do um like other people's material uh where applicable and most clubs don't mind you doing something by the blind boys of alabama or sister rosetta thought because it's just it's it's coming at you and it's real and people they dig that. Very but good. We cover we cover quite a, a lot of genres, and um, uh, it's not up on my website. But we're coming into Florida from uh, our last uh, gig in Birmingham on September 28th. We're heading uh, to Gainesville uh, for October 2nd, and then we're in Matt Lecher for the. Uh, 4th and then the 5th we're in Estero and then we'll head over to the Gulf side of the coast and we'll probably go back into that radio station I think in Melbourne as part of the university there and then there's a a club called the Funky Biscuit but it'll be up on our site soon. Fantastic fantastic. I am Bruce Warzniak and joining me today on the Now Hear This Entertainment guest line from Texas is singer-songwriter Again, I was going to say guitar player, a multi-talented uh, 
player, Danny Brooks. Check him out online at www.dannybrooksmusic.com. Purchase his music on iTunes and cdbaby.com, among other online retailers. He is very active on social media, too, so use the buttons on his official website to engage with him on sites like Facebook and YouTube. Be sure that you're checking out www.nowhearthis.biz, that's H-E-A-R, and B-I-Z, uh, as they would say in Canada, uh, tip of the cap to Danny. And sign up for the email newsletter on nowhearthis.biz and subscribe to this podcast and tell others about it too, please. Feel free to use the social media buttons on nowhearthis.biz to like the Now Hear This page on Facebook and or become a Twitter follower. Danny, on your website, uh, as I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, there are lots of upcoming shows. It's interesting to note, listeners, that, Danny, you're booked at a wide range of places. I'm seeing a cowboy church in Texas, uh, Lighthouse Family Worship in Louisiana, but then also a correctional facility there. But you're also doing a blues festival in September, and I even see a house concert on there. There's there's pretty much something for everyone. Yeah, we, we, we cover quite a wide uh, piece of ground, and uh, we're very fortunate to be able to do that. I want to lead up to the big project that you're working on right now, or, or actually two big projects. But first, uh, just talk a little bit more about um, Miracles for Breakfast. You, you started to talk about that. Just kind of give people some insight as to uh, how, how that came to be, uh, what, what they can expect um, if they're getting on Amazon or, or on their Kindle to, to look for that. Well, it's equal parts autobiographical, my story of overcoming addictions, a peek inside the music uh, industry, uh, inspirational in me that anybody can overcome obstacles of failure or addictions, and also experiencing the miraculous. Um, To be very brief, I had a couple of major miracles because when I was a speed freak through dirty needles, I had hepatitis B, and there was a period of my life where I was 85 pounds and jaundice. For three years, I was that uh, um, um, sickly. And so when I went into the Dawnwood Clinic at that time in my life, many years later, I wasn't using a needle in over 15 years, but the drink had added to what the liver damage from the uh, hepatitis B from dirty needles. And uh, it was going to take some time, about a year, to normalize my blood level. They call it a triglyceride count. Mm -hmm. And 1.8, you're a teetotaler. 3.5, you're a heart attack victim. I was 5.9 when I went into the the, the clinic, and they said, do not exercise, do not walk, don't even get out of bed. Oh, gosh. And uh, I remember I cried out, and I I didn't find my faith yet. I just said, God, I know you exist because I know what you did for my dad. My dad was a gangster who went from one end to the other in his life and found his faith. I said, so I know you exist. I might die. I don't want to die. My kids who told their dads a no good bum were told the truth. I want to be able to give them something back, but I've been such a failure. The only thing I can give them back is if I get clean. Could you take this stuff out of me? Because 
I like getting high too much. Can you take it out of me so that my kids ever feel suicidal and there's no way out? They can say, Dad found a way out. Let me give that gift to my kids. So that's why I think what happened at the end of my stay there, the doctor brought me into his office and said, Danny, um, you're, he said, you're bleeding, I have bleeding ulcers too when I went into mm. the uh, rehab. Boy, boy. And they said, your bleeding ulcers disappeared, your triglyceride uh, uh, level was going to take up to a year to normalize, it's normal after one month. Wow. And then he said, but your insides, and, cause, and that last prayer that I said, and the only prayer I said when I was in there, I said, God, I'm not asking too much, I know I'm in bad health, can you restore my health? And um, I never even went to any spiritual meetings in, while I was in Donwood. They had the Sally Ann come in, they had the priest come in, they had uh, Jewish stuff, and I just thought my dad was so strict, anything else will be watered down, I don't need it. So I never went to anything like that. And, uh, and, I, and I, I was fed up with any kind of uh, Christianity and, and faith-based crap, and that was my headspace back then. So anyways, the doctor said, Danny, you're... Your insides are that of someone who's never done anything. Oh, boy, oh, boy. And I looked at him, and he said, do you hear what I'm trying to tell you, Danny? And the guy was one month clean after 23 years, and I'd never been. So, I mean, I was feeling good about being clean, but you're yeah. still a bit on shaky ground. Yeah. Every, everything's new. Smells were new. Uh, hearing was new. Wow. Even seeing things. The littlest of things that we take for granted were amplified tenfold to me, but I was still a little bit foggy in my head, and I said, yeah, I think you're trying to tell me that I'm going to be all right. Amazing. He said, more than all right, Danny, this is a miracle. Amazing. And this doctor that helped Debbie put me into the Donwood, when he heard this news, he, he, and he was European, he said, they've mixed up your records with somebody else. You come and see. <laughs> We're going to do all the records all over again. <laughs> so I went to see him, got all the blood work done, did everything, and um, he brought me into his office after the fact, and uh, all the test results came in. I got one word for you. And uh, he wouldn't even look at me. It was like it was outside his box of thinking. Yeah. And he just spit the word out. Miracle. Yeah. Wow. Amazing. And, and so that's how the book came about, Miracles for Breakfast. Great. Well, uh, certainly encourage the listeners to check that out. Uh, Miracles for Breakfast. Look for it on your Kindle. Look for it on Amazon.com. So then, yeah, in addition to all these shows that you're booked for, uh, you've got a big, a couple big projects on the burner right now. First, talk about Blue Highway, which will be your next CD. We're going into the studio uh, to do some preliminary work this Thursday uh, to a little studio here in Marvel Falls. A guy named Larry Nye, who's a, a well-known Texas guitar player and has done a lot of um, production for a lot of Texas artists. I think mean, it's called the Lays L-U Studio. I can't even remember, but we're going to go in there, and we're going to start laying down uh, tracks, just Debbie and I, and uh, primarily it's just going to be Debbie and I, and we're going to use a multi-instrumentalist to do some coloration. Um, 
Larry can play the B3 and assorted guitars and mandolin, and we might get a little bit of squeeze box put in, but in places. But primarily, it's just going to be Debbie and, and I, what, what you hear live in a show. Um, and uh, so we're going to start that this Thursday, and hopefully we're going to have it done by the end of this year. Great, great. And, and you mentioned the studio there in Texas, but in fact, you've actually uh, done some work um, studio-wise in, in Muscle Shoals, Alabama, yes? Yes, we did that in 2007. That was with all the Muscle Shoals musicians, David Hood on bass, Boomer Oldham on piano, Bonnie Bramlett was one of the singers, um, Billy Stewart, who played with uh, the Allman Brothers after Johnny Sandlin left. Johnny Sandlin was the drummer for the Allman Joys, and then he became Phil Walden's right-hand man at Capricorn Records and produced all those um, early records that were dubbed uh, Southern Rock. They, they Capricorn kind of brought that genre out. So it was a real pleasure to work with such storied uh, musicians in musical history. And uh, the song Jubilee that you played today, that song was birthed out of the first time we played at the Muscle Shoals Theater. And all the greats like Spooner Oldham, Dan Penn, uh, Johnny Sandlin, the decoys, uh, Billy Swan, they were all playing, and that's how that song Jubilee came about. Yeah, and I want the listeners to know, especially those that maybe haven't gotten around the music scene too much, we've talked on this podcast before on how people just immediately think of uh, Nashville, L.A., and New York as the major music markets, and uh, certainly Austin is a tremendous city for music, uh, but in terms of recording, I know I can, without even looking at the list of all the guests that I've had on this podcast so far, uh, I can think of at least two that have talked about recording in Muscle Shoals. Uh, Shauna P., who was uh, actually the guest on the very first episode of this podcast, and I believe it was just uh, last week when we had Sunny Rock on here, he talked about uh, recording in Muscle Shoals also. So when Danny listeners is talking about recording in Muscle Shoals, uh, I, I don't even know if, if if that would be considered a hidden gem because um, the the veterans of the music scene and especially uh, people in in the southeast uh, and south central U.S. Uh, definitely know about Muscle Shoals. So uh, that's why we're making the big deal out of it that we are, and and why Danny is able to rattle off. Uh, such a long list of names of uh, players uh, over there. Okay, now it's time for Bruce's Bonus. This is a segment here on Now Hear This Entertainment where I take off my hat as podcast host and put on my hat as president of Now Hear This, giving a helpful tip for the listeners that are musicians, singers, songwriters, entertainers who are out there trying hard to make a go of it. Today's bonus is don't badmouth people. You'll be thought of as a gossip, or people will know that there are two sides to every story and wonder if maybe you're jealous. Plus, you never know who is going to talk to who, and you don't want to be caught or quickly labeled as a bad seed, especially in today's day and age of social media. Bad news travels fast. Don't badmouth people. That is today's Bruce's Bonus. Then, Danny, the other real exciting endeavor for you currently is Life on the Blue Highway. Tell the listeners what that is. It's a TV reality show of Debbie and I on the road. And uh, actually, the idea came to us by a friend 
in Florida, in the Fort Myers area, and it's a guy I went to school with over 40 years ago, and he said, man, because he came to a couple of our shows at a, at a couple of clubs, uh, a church, um, and he'd known me up in Canada and saw us play at the uh, rehabs, and he used to be, uh, uh, he was in management for Teen Challenge. Uh, he went there for a, a coke problem, and so he, he knew all the different venues, the different demographics of people, and he said, you guys need a TV show. And um, about a year ago in Canada, a guy who's done TV shows for kids saw how on our show we, we, we incorporate kids because we get them to play shakers, and you know, I let them know that your dream can be had as long as you look at that dream and think about it and work hard towards it and believe in it everything's possible and he said you need to have a kids tv show so when this came along we started thinking about it and um i contacted a film company in houston and told them the premise of the show and they got excited and we've since been talking and now we're, we're starting to to work on it and it's going to show us unvarnished our life as a husband and wife living on the road, the trials, the joys, the different venues, the different people we meet in uh, not only restaurants and, and, and gas stations, but where we're performing. And one of the, uh, I, I, I think a very important part of the show is in each episode, there'll be someone who's had a story of overcoming that we'll interview and you hear their take on their dream mm -hmm. and trials and how they overcame. And it's a motivational show because there'll always be motivational one-liners like dream with the sleeves rolled up and someone asked me, where'd you get that line? And in um, the book of Ecclesiastes in the Bible, there's a line that says, a dream comes through much activity. And, yeah, we can ask God for help, and God will help us because he listens when people call on him. But we got to do our part, too. He's not a cosmic bellboy. <laughs> we got to roll up our sleeves. And that's where I get that term, dream with your sleeves rolled up. And, you know, dreams and goals are guardrails, too. They'll hold you up because as soon as you start, and it's good to have many things to be working on because... The more things you have, the more things that you have to hold you up. And I don't care who you are, how successful you are, you need positive reinforcement. When they found President Lincoln, it, when he was shot to death, in his pocket was a folded up article that praised him as a man and historians have said, and they're in agreement, why was he carrying that? Because in moments of doubt, when he second-guessed himself, he opened that up to read it. And that was his positive motivation to wow. press on. Wow. Uh, Danny, there's a couple things that you alluded to that I just want to go back and clarify. Number one, you talked about getting kids involved with the show, letting them play shakers or, or however you can uh, allow them to be part of what you're doing on stage. Now, is that just... Uh, for certain shows? Is that for any show? Is it for when we're only doing blues music? Is it for when we're only doing gospel music? What, what's, what's the situation there? Well, it's, 
it, it, there are some nightclubs where there's little kids around, so we can't incorporate them sure, there. Sure. But most places in Texas, like, um, they're big restaurants, a lot of them, and they have a big outdoor uh, sta- stage or patio. We were just at such a place called Salt Licks. So there's people that are they're drinking, but they got their kids. And Texas is really good that way to introduce young people to music. So these kids are running around, and us next thing you know, we're talking to them. So it's it, it's not just only um, faith based uh, places. It, it it can be festivals. It can gotcha. be nightclubs. Gotcha. So whenever there's a kid and they're looking and they seem interested, we'll jump all over that. Hey, I was a kid. I remember going up, sneaking into the Cornell Tavern and walking up <laughs> the muddy waters and speaking to them and asking them questions. Wow, wow. Now the other side of it is, I guess, uh, when you talked about your friend down near Fort Myers that realized uh, the, the, the potential, um, he, you know, he had a vision for the, the reality show, do you, when you're on stage, or, or maybe it depends, again, same sort of question, depends on what kind of show we're doing, whether it's uh, Americana, whether it's um, blues, whether it's gospel, do you spend much time telling the audiences about your backstory, about you know wh- wh- where you came from, the depth that you rose from to, to where you are now musically, or, or like I said, does it depend on uh, what, what the performance is? It comes out, sometimes I don't plan on it, but sometimes, you know, I, we, I don't use set list. I just show up to every gig, and before every gig, I just say, God, you know who's there, you know what songs and what stories I need to share. Wow. Tell me what to do. So we show up, and sometimes, and I don't like preaching, and I'm not uh, one of these guys that uh, tells people they're living wrong. That's between them and God. Uh-huh. If someone asks my opinion on something, I'm not afraid to share that. Uh-huh. But I will share, because every song, there's a story behind every song. And if that story involves... Hey, I was in this rehab one time, and like, good love is hard to find. It's on one of our uh, records, and it's just a song with a good moral in it. Because Joe Tex said, if you love somebody, you better let them know. Because if you don't, before you count one, two, three, somebody else will. <laughs> so I say, I tell people, I say, well, I got out of rehab. I said, you know, I knew Debbie was a good-looking chick when I went into rehab, but coming out of rehab and seeing a little bit clearer, I realized, she, hey, she's a lot better than I thought wow, she was. Wow. So I wrote the song called Good Love is Hard to Find when I got out of rehab. So next thing you know, that opens that door up that people know you got a bit of a past. And sometimes I will share a, a, a despondency that led to this song called You'll Find a Way. So then, next thing you know, you got people coming up to you after your break and saying, hey, look, my sister's here with us, and she just lost her job because of this, that, and the other. Can you speak? And so oh. it, it, it just, it, I, I don't plan on it. I see. I'm not I on see. A, a big, but I, I like to share. Any artist, no matter what you're doing, you're sharing. Sure, sure. Yeah, you're just not grandstanding, in other words. Uh, just just one other point of clarification before I move on. As far as the reality show, what is the aim in terms of distribution? Is this going to be a web series? Is someone already pitching this uh, to cable or to major networks? What 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 is the intent? The, the, the fellow from Factory, that's the film company out of um, Houston, um, Baxter Gentry, 
used to be a newsman on ABC, and then he worked for KVU here in Austin. And um, he wants to shop it to networks and sponsors. Uh, so how it will end up, I don't know, but he believes in the, the show. And um, uh, initially his deal with me was, I'll shoot the pilot on spec. But you gotta have 13 episodes written so I, people can see the complete overview. Yeah. So we've written the pilot and, uh, we're working on the episodes now. And, um, we got a good chunk of it done. But when he found out about the first, um, character that I was gonna interview, a guy named Rocky, who's somewhat of a barstool prophet and local mortician and bomber, <laughs> organ retriever, and all-around good guy. Uh, but he's a bit of a rounder, but he's also ordained. And a real character, but a heart the size of Texas. <laughs> then he said, you know what, Danny, let's, let's, let's shoot a trailer, and that'll help um, sell the show. So he came out to one of our gigs last week, but when he got out there and the lighting wasn't all that good, and, he, and then he made his decision, he said, look, it, let's get some songs done in the studio so for the trailer, so it'll be uh, a, gotcha. a more high-end thing. So yeah. I, I'm glad I'd already booked the studio for Thursday, so we'll use a couple of the songs that were going to be used for the... Uh, the trailer so we'll get that going before too long and then he can start shopping it while we're still finishing the writing yeah yeah it's a good approach i am bruce warzniak and joining me today on the now hear this entertainment guest line from texas is singer songwriter and a multi-instrumentalist danny brooks check him out online at www.dannybrooksmusic.com purchase his music on iTunes and on cdbaby.com, among other online retailers. Also talked about Amazon.com, where you can purchase his book. He is very active on social media as well. Use the buttons on his official website to engage with him on sites like Facebook and YouTube. Be sure that you're also checking out www.nowhearthis.biz. That's H-E-A-R. Sign up for the email newsletter there and subscribe to this podcast. And please tell others about this podcast as well. Feel free to use the social media buttons on nowhearthis.biz to like the Now Hear This page on Facebook and or become a Twitter follower. Danny, you're obviously a great example of perseverance. You have recorded 10 CDs. You've got the Miracles for Breakfast book. You've got the reality show that we just talked about. But yet you also talk about accepting love offerings. Uh, what, what drives you to keep going with all this? Most people would just say, I haven't made the millions I'd hope to. This is all too much. I'm, I'm too old for this. I'm going to put down my guitar and just close this chapter on my life. Well, I'm driven, for one, because it's been a childhood thing ever since I was old enough to remember I remember I loved whistling. I loved music. I, and then at five or six, I wanted to be a country gentleman at the Grand Old Opry. <laughs> so I, I, it's, it's, it's not something I do because I like it. I mean, I do like it. I mean, I love it. Uh, but it's just, it's embedded in me. It's what I, it's what I do. And yes, there's moments of, uh, over the years of despairing and wanting to give up, but you can't. Even if I wanted to, I couldn't because you're driven. 
um, someone once was sharing me a, um, a story of Quincy Jones. He was asked, you work with all kinds of people. What is it that you recognize of them being a big star? I'll never forget his answer. He said, well, talent helps. But it's the person who has a work ethic that borders on being possessed. Wow. And when, you, when people have that, that's, they're driven. You have to. Like, I like writing. And my writing, is, it's, it's a bit of a blessing and a curse because I get bored with my writing very easily. So if I get bored with my songs, I'm driven to write a new one. And then it's like a toy. Kids, I'm tired of that toy. i got to write a new <laughs> song. So I'm always writing, 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 writing. And I'm driven to write. I'm and I get the ideas in the weirdest of places. But you're driven. So that keeps it fresh. That keeps me young at heart because... I've got new ideas. If the ideas ever started shriveling up, then, you know, you start to wonder a bit. But I never have writer's block. And for anyone listening, never look at writer's block as an actual thing. You always try to look at it this way. I just don't feel like writing. Don't invent something that's not there. There's no such thing as writer's block. Sometimes I don't write for months. Sometimes I'm writing every day for the next few months. Mm -hmm. There's, you, you just got to go with the flow when it hits you and run with it and write the ideas down. And then there's other things. Like, I'm busy more than I'd like to be looking for work because we're self-managed. We're our self-booking agent. And I tell you, I have a lot of respect for booking agents because there's a lot of work involved in that. I would rather spend more time in writing and honing my craft. But, you know, you, you do what you have to do. I, do. I love it. And, you know, what drives me to it, I didn't learn this till late in life. That's the power of a song. The good book says the power of life and death is in the tongue. We can promote health or ill will with how we use our speech. And it's what they call um, music therapy. It's right out of the Bible. King Saul had young David before he became a king to play the harp when he was depressed. And it said the distressing spirits, they might have been demonic. They went away. Music in itself has healing properties. And when you mix it with a good story, and not necessarily a gospel song, it can be a story of life, sure, sure. showing life overcoming, and, and encouraging words. You lift people up. I never learned that until I was about, uh, I would say, almost 40. And wow. that's when it hit me that, wow, there's more to this songwriting than I ever <laughs> dreamed of. And I'm telling you that, Shiver has been in my spine ever since. Fantastic. And and when you talked about the drive, but you also admitted that, yes, there's times of despair, uh, where do you weigh in on the whole argument? Because, you know, there's a lot of up-and-comers that, that listen to this podcast, and, and even those that don't, uh, that, that, that just think that the idea of performing uh, with their spouse or their boyfriend or their girlfriend just sounds so dreamy. So when does, does the, the moments of despair, um, do you find that performing with your wife, is that a curse or a blessing? Oh, it's a, a blessing, and, um, you know, we, we've only been performing together for the last uh, few years, 
and uh, she's always been supportive of me before that. But um, uh, I had a medical issue in 2010 where it kind of brought her more into my orbit, and it just um, came together, and we're thankful for how that came about. I had a quintuple heart bypass, and wow. shortly after that, she said, no more these long drives from Toronto to Texas. Uh, uh, and, I see. Uh, but I bounced back, and I'm in good health. I don't take one single heart medication. Wow. I'm uh, in very, I, I've got a perfectly strong beating heart, the doctor told me, and I was lucky to have um, uh, got the operation done when I did. And uh, But no, we love to do what we do, and we know what we do uh, does encourage people. And that helps you through difficult times because you remind yourself that, you know, you're doing something of service. And one thing I learned of value by a guy at a national named Tom Jackson, and this is very important, you're going to be much more effective as an entertainer, no matter what you do, whether it's dance, singing, uh, performing, or stage, acting, you need to love your audience. Because when you love your audience, that means you'll, you'll bend over backwards for them. And people love it when someone's given it. You know, there was something of value I learned here in Texas. I was in the green room, and there was a sign on the wall that said, if you come to Austin with your guitar and expect to turn this town upside down, you better be bringing it or go home and sign <laughs> Stevie Ray Vaughan. Wow, and I wow. thought, well, I'll never be no Stevie Ray Vaughan, but I'll tell you what I can be. I can be someone who gives it. And when I started giving it more and more, and like I knew this town could see right through me. I just started playing slide when I got down here. I'm still a hack, but I'll tell you <laughs> one thing. I'm a hack who cares. And go. I go for it. And when there people recognize that, they love it. So give it all you got and love your audience. That's fantastic. We've talked, Danny, about the variety of places that you've played at. You uh, played at the House of Blues in New Orleans during Mardi Gras. How fun was that? It, well, you know what? It was fun playing at the uh, at that uh, club, the Mardi Gras itself. It was just so many overwhelming people. It was so hard to get parking, so hard to get out. So there was a lot of it that wasn't fun. But I had more fun playing at the very first House of Blues in Cambridge, Massachusetts. And I believe they closed it down, but it was the very first one. And I played there in the mid-90s. And wow. that was a lot of fun wow. because... That Harvard Square, man, what a funky, beautiful area. <laughs> but um, I love playing wherever I'm at. And, uh, you know, whether it's outside or inside a small, uh, you know, there's a funky bar here in Lano uh, called Joe's Bar and Grill. And it's it's a real Texas honky-tonk. And uh, I love playing it. I love playing it when a big church invites us to play. Um, I just love to play. Well, you also did some cool gigs up in New York City, but I'm actually more interested in having you talk about your time out in Western Canada uh, doing music clinics. Tell the listeners what those consisted of. Well, it's we share tips 
on harmonica playing guitar? Why I use certain gauge strings on different guitars to get different tonal qualities? I got different slides. The heavier ones give you more sustaining notes. Why I use uh, second position on the harmonica, which is cross harp, because you can bend more notes. I mean, playing straight harp in the first position, there's some really nice funky sounds you get, but I like the cross harp better. And then, you know, ideas for songwriting and why I use my stomp board and uh, what key I'm using this slide in and then what key of harp I use to go with it and uh, songwriting tips. And then I give them some brief stories behind the songs and why it's good to use personal experiences because anything close to your heart, you're more accessible to write. Uh, on an uh, on an issue, so it's just and then it's answering questions and then you know telling them about social media, telling them. Uh, I even tell them, look, if you're if you're writing your own material and you want to get your songs out to TV and film, check out Crucial Music, or the probably the preeminent uh, agency for independent artists in the world, and their background, everything's on my website. Hit their button, read about it send them your stuff and um, right now they they made one placement for us but they're, they're, we've got about 43 pitches going on right now to different wow. TV and film things so wow. you know it's informative as I can be because I remember as a kid you didn't have stuff like this yeah. and when you when you did ask for people it's like get away from me kid you bother me <laughs> I remember when I was, when I was a paper route kid I was I think I was nine years old, and I went up to Phil Schofield and I said, Phil, can you show me three chords? And maybe I was eight. G, C, and D. He wanted a, a quarter a chord, so I gave him 75 <laughs> cents, and he showed me. So, <laughs> so you know, now it's, uh, you know, if you can share, share, because, you know, you catch your bread on the water, it comes back to you. Danny, we're uh, almost out of time, but I want to ask you one more question. Well, two, technically. Uh, but first, since I do always talk about this podcast being intended to entertain and to educate, there was something that I saw on your website that made me wonder if it's a possible teaching moment for the up-and-comers that are listening, the, the aspiring singers, songwriters, artists. It says, this is the only authorized Danny Brooks website. Is that just for emphasis and assurance, or was there a problem that you had that that might have been in response to? Uh, there was a, uh, there was another kind of a web a presence out there at one time, and, and we had nothing to do with it, so we wanted to uh, pinpoint the fact that this particular website is the official website of Danny Brooks. Yeah, and that is a good lesson for those up-and-comers that I just referred to, because I know at one point I had a situation, and, and the lesson here, uh, those of you that are listening that are, that are the aspiring singers, songwriters, artists that I just alluded to, the lesson here is that you need to be on the lookout for what's out there about you on the internet. There was a time that I found uh, a website that had one of my clients on there, and they were presenting her 
almost in a way that they were trying to pass it off as though they represented her, which obviously was not the case. So uh, as that testifies to, and as Danny just said, you do need to kind of stay aware of what else is out there where people might be trying to copy you or misrepresent you or, or whatever the case may be. So Danny, we're going to close out with your song, You're the Best Thing About Me. Just tell the listeners about that song, if you would. I wrote it about my wife, Debbie. She's the best thing about me. And I was driving home after a gig in Austin, coming home late at night on Highway 71, and just saying, God, you brought me from a long place from rehab to living down here in Texas. I love it. I love my wife. She's the best thing about me, and that's how the song came about. Fantastic. Well, Danny, thank you so much for your time today. Really enjoyed talking to you, and I appreciate you making the time for this. Thank you, Bruce. I really appreciate you and what you're doing. I think it's a great service, and uh, hopefully we'll um, connect in other areas uh, up the road. Absolutely, absolutely. I would like to close by formally thanking my guest, singer, songwriter, and multi-instrumentalist Danny Brooks. Remember to check him out at www.dannybrooksmusic.com. Purchase his music on iTunes or cdbaby.com. Be sure to like his Facebook page and watch his videos on YouTube and look for him playing live in your area. It's all off of his website, the access to the social media sites as well as his list of live shows. Don't forget to visit www.nowhearthis.biz and sign up for the email newsletter there by simply putting in your email address. And of course, please do subscribe to this podcast and tell your friends about it. Give us a nice review on iTunes or Stitcher Radio too, maybe even a five-star rating. That would be wonderful, very helpful. We have been recording this show at the great facilities at Crystal Blue Sound Studios near Tampa, Florida. Check them out online at www.cbpro.net. That's CB as in crystal blue. Thanks for listening. We'll send you out today with another song from Danny Brooks. This is the one he just talked about. It's called You're the Best Thing About Me. Looking back today when we first met Love got me through one hell of a mess I don't say that life is hell it was Said you saw something shine beneath all the crud. Took me by my hand and you helped me stand. Built a canyon hole inside this man. You gave me the courage to be all I can be. Today you're still the best thing about me. Spin away, save me from myself and hopelessness. 
healed all my sorrow with your tenderness. Took my mama hand and helped me stand. Fill the canyon hole inside this. 